Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Our series for the month of February is Christ Inc. Christ Incorporated. That's our theme for the month of February. So an incorporation is um, a large company or a group of companies authorized to act as a single entity. Different kinds, but authorized to act as a single entity and also recognized by the law. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, this month we are going to be looking at the fact that God does not want us to look at ourselves as people who gather only on Sunday and just sing a few songs and hear the word and go back home and that's it. But God does not look at us in that manner. So we must also not look at ourselves in that manner. God sees us as those who are here to represent his kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. Even though we are different, but corporately we are actually authorized to, uh, 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 to function as a single entity. Hallelujah. So that is how God looks at us to say, even though we are going to go our separate ways, God do our lives, do our families, do our callings. However, we, as much as we are not going to be a gathering like this tomorrow, but still we are one entity. We are there to represent, wherever we are, we are there to represent one entity, which is the kingdom of God. So that's how God looks at us, and that is how we are supposed to look at ourselves. And this month, we are going to be embarking on a journey of uh, trying to enlighten each other in as far as looking at ourselves the way that God looks at us. Somebody say amen. And the title of my message this morning is Business Unusual. Somebody say Business Unusual. Come on, somebody say Business Unusual. Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 11, verse number 26. Acts, chapter number 11, we are going to be reading verse number 26. Hallelujah. Acts, chapter number 11, verse number 26. The Bible says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, this was when the disciples were called in Antioch. They were first called Christians in Antioch. And they were busy with the business of God. And also, Jesus, one day we will remember that he disappeared. He disappeared for three days and he was being looked for by his parents and probably his relatives. And there is a saying that says it takes a village to raise a child. Probably even the whole village was busy looking for Jesus. For three full days, if you are a parent and your child is disapp has disappeared for three days, I, I, I don't know what would you do. Like, I don't know what would I do if a, a, a child of mine, a, we don't know where they are for three full days. So Joseph and Mary went through that agony and Jesus disappeared for three full days as a child, only to be found sitting at the feet of the apostles, of the scribes, of the scribes, listening to their teachings. Somebody say amen. He was listening to their teachings and he was also asking, asking them questions. And when they told him that they were looking for him, 
Jesus answers them in a very uh, disrespectful manner if you just look at it on the surface. He says, I was about my father's business. I must be about my father's business. In the book of Luke chapter number 2, verse number 49, he says, and the Bible says, and he said to them, to his parents, that is, why did you seek me? Jesus, we have to seek you. Three days, you're a child. For three days, you have disappeared. We have to seek you. But then Jesus said, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So according to him, it was not a religious or an ordinary thing that he was doing. According to him, sitting and listening and learning and asking questions in the church, it was not just a religious thing that he was doing. So it was his father's business. So unfortunately, those who were seeking him, whom his parents and everyone else who were seeking him did not know this. But Jesus knew it. Maybe also someone under the sound of my voice does not know that when you come to church and when you are listening to the word, you are being about your father's business. So Jesus said, I am about my father's business. And listen to the choice of words. He says, I must be about my father's business. So it means that he was fully engaged in his father's business. He knew that whatever that I am here to do requires me to be about my father's business. And he says, I must. So in other words, I have no choice. I understand that I have, I have put you through hell by disappearing for three days, but I must be about my father's business. So in other words, Jesus knew that the assignment that was given to him to come here on earth and do might fail if he is not about his father's business. That is why he says, I must. He's not saying, if I choose to, if it makes you comfortable, if it won't make you maybe sick for me. So in other words, if you happen to see me disappearing again, just know I am about my father's business. I must be about my father's business. Somebody say amen. amen. So now anything that we do for God and in God should not be as though it's for some religious activity, but it must be seen as some serious business that we are engaging ourselves in. So when we come to church, we are engaged on a serious business. When we are fasting, we are engaged on a serious business. When we are praying, we are engaged on a serious business. When we are praising and when we are worshiping, we are engaged on a serious business. When we give and when we tithe, we are engaged on a serious business. Some of us are going to be able to take seriously all the activities that God prescribes in his word for us as believers if we have a better perspective of why are we doing them. The reason why we are doing all of these things, it is because, not because of religion, but it is because of our father's business. That is why we are here. We are here to be about our father's business. Somebody say amen. So every day when we are going about our callings, when we are going about our lives, doing the things that God has called us to do, we need to understand that we are engaging ourselves in some serious business that God has allowed us to be part of. Somebody say amen. amen. So by entities, we mean that um, the institutions that are established and regulated under the principles and laws of the kingdom of our God. So when we are engaged in all of these things, we are an entity that has been authorized by God himself. So we are about our father's business, but we are 
those who have been uh, uh, authorized by God himself to function in, his, in the capacity of those who are citizens of his kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. We also need to remember that uh, the church is not just a building, but the church is the people in the building. If you and I can go and buy another building as Builders Church in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yes. Then this, this building will cease to be a church. Because you and I are no longer in it. So the, the church is not just a building. But the church is you and I inside the building. So whenever we go out there and do the things that God has called us to do, we need to realize and understand that we did not leave church behind. But we are church. We are representing church wherever we are. Somebody say amen. amen. In the book of Matthew, chapter number 16, verse number 18, it's a very uh, popular scripture. The Bible says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. You are Peter. And upon this rock, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So in other words, against you, the gates of hell will not prevail. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So wherever you are, you need to understand that you are the church. And if there are gates of hell that are trying to prevail against you, you have the right to even quote the scripture and say, I am being built upon the sure foundation, and the gates of hell will not prevail against me. And then it says, in verse number 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's the authority that you have as a believer, as a Christian. That's the authority that you have. That Jesus, when he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that whatever you bind here on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you lose here on earth is loosed in heaven. He was talking about you and I. So when don't leave that power here at church. Take it to work. Take it to your home. Take it to your marriage. Take it to your, to your workplace. Take it to your business. Take it wherever the sphere of influence where God has entrusted you in. Somebody say amen. amen. Because whatever you bind on earth, not the building, but you. So when, the, when, when he says, whatever the church binds on earth, he's talking about you and I. Amen. So you have the power to bind things that are not supposed to be taking place in your family, in your life, or in your calling. And you have the right to lose whatever it is that belongs to you that is in heaven. Umfundisi taught us very well about the fact that this year we are talking about Jesus, what he has done, and who he is. And everything that Jesus has done warrants us the right to claim everything that the enemy may try to keep away from us. Somebody say amen. So you are the one who has the right to bind and to lose. Not the building, but you. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, we are called Christians. We were established to take care of the kingdom business. It's not just a title so that we can maybe see ourselves better than others. But it is so that we can be authorized to take care of the kingdom business. Somebody say kingdom business. We are supposed to take care of the kingdom business here on earth and in all spheres of influence. So now when Barnabas and Saul came to Antioch and they were doing ministry work there, the Bible says the disciples were first called Christians there. They were first called Christians there. And the Greek word translated 
uh, as called in English means to utter an oracle or to reveal, but most importantly, to constitute a firm or a business. So now, you have been revealed. You have been called a Christian because God wants to reveal you as the one who has the right to do kingdom business, as the one who has the right to go about representing this entity called the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. amen. So in other words, we were not just given a name for the sake of it, just so that we can have a name as people of God, as people who will gather and worship God and the only true God. It's not just that we were given that name so that we can be identified as those who worship the Lord, but we were given that name so that we can be revealed and ordained as those who are of the kingdom entity. Somebody say amen. amen. As those who are authorized to take care of the kingdom of God, to take care of the business of the kingdom of God. That's the reason why we are called Christians, so that we know that we are authorized here on earth to come and execute everything that God wanted to do in as far as his kingdom is concerned. Somebody say amen. amen. So we need to take care of the business of our God. We need to take care of the kingdom business as Christians, not so that when we are uh, uh, filling in the forms, maybe where you are asked, I don't know if, because people have become so sensitive now, I don't know if it's still there when you are filling in a form, you are asked whether you are Christian or not. It is not so that you can say you are Christian, but it is so that you know that you are authorized to do business here on earth on behalf of the kingdom of God. What a privilege, Mazalwan. What a privilege it is to know that as a Christian, I am authorized here on earth to do business for God. Why does God entrust us as Christians to do business in his kingdom here on earth? It is because we have bodies. We are authorized to be here on earth. So in other words, God wants to use us because God, if I may put it like that, is illegal here on earth. Amen. The Bible says God is spirit. That is why even when he wanted to fulfill the plan of salvation, he needed Jesus to have the body so that he can also be authorized to be here on earth. Amen. So in case you've been doubting, Wherever you are, whichever sphere of influence you've been doubting yourself, remember you are Christian. Amen. And as a Christian, you are there as an ambassador, Amen. as a representative of the kingdom of God. And you are there and you are about your father's business. You are there and you are about the kingdom business. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, in Luke chapter number 19, verse number 12 to verse number 13, Jesus tells this story, this very interesting story. He says, uh, therefore, he, the Bible says, therefore, he said, a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. <clears throat> verse number 13 says, so he called 10 of his servants delivered to them ten miners and said to them, do business till I come. He said to them, do business till I come. Now, the Bible here says Jesus told this story to change their perspective. So in other words, Jesus Jesus could see that even though these, these people are engaged in some form of business, even though these people are engaged in some form of work, they are busy doing something. However, their, percep their perception is not correct. So he told them this story to correct their their perspective so that their perspective can be in the right place so that they can understand that whatever you are given you are not given just so that it's a nice to have but you are given whatever that you are given so that you can be able to use it for the kingdom 
of God so that you can be able to use it for the business of the kingdom of your God. So that is uh, the perspective that Jesus wanted them to have when he was telling them this story. And that man, the Bible says, he said, do business till I come. So in other words, you must not, you must never disengage from doing business until I come. In fact, Jesus here, I think he was actually even showing them the fact that they need not to relax because he went back to be with the father. But they were supposed to do business until he comes back. We are still those who are supposed to do business until Jesus comes back. Somebody say amen. amen. So we need to be involved in a kingdom with serious business. We don't want to be people who are disengaged. We need to be involved and engaged in this kingdom with some serious business. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, the sooner you see what you do for Christ as what you are doing for Christ, the better. The, the sooner you do, even in your own personal life, the sooner you see what you do in your business and in your career as you are doing it unto the Lord, the better you will do it and the more effective you will be. Now, here on earth, there are, there are three spheres that we have been given to operate in as the children of God. The assignment is the same. It's just the sectors that are different. The sectors of expression are different, but the assignment is the same. It's all about kingdom business. You are not representing yourself in these spheres. You are representing the kingdom of God because it's about kingdom business. Somebody say amen. amen. The first one is the ecclesiastical sector. That is a sector that is for those who are called. Because the Lord Jesus Christ said, the harvest is ripe. In other words, there are many hearts that are ready to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can be saved. But we have been called in the kingdom of God to go to different sectors to even bring in the harvest that God has already worked on. Somebody say amen. amen. So the ecclesiastical sector is the ministry or the church. All of us are supposed to do the business that which Jesus left here for us to do. However, there are those who are called to do it full-time, just like myself. We are called to do it full-time. There are others also who are called to do it full-time, but we are all called to be able to do the kingdom business that God wanted us to do. Somebody say amen. amen. But now, some are called in the church, in the full-time ministry. Acts chapter number 6 Verse number three, the Bible says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So over this business, there is supposed to be people who are ordained to be able to look and take care of this kind of business. Hallelujah. And then number two, we have the business sector. There are those who are called into the business sector. And in the business, se in the business sector, they are called as those who are in the corporate world. They are called as those who are in business, who are entrepreneurs. And they are called to go and make money for profit. Somebody say amen. amen. It is a calling. Just in case you were thinking that it's because of your education, let me break it down to you. You did not even give yourself those brains. Amen. It was God who gave you those brains so that you can become the doctor that you are, so that you can become the engineer that you are. It was not your idea 
to be the engineer that you are, but God has called you for a purpose so that you can contribute in the kingdom business that God is about, that God wants to accomplish here on earth. Those who are there in the sector of business are those who are to be used by God, but some of us don't even want to be used by God, even financially, because we don't understand why are we doing what we are doing. Hallelujah. But if we have a better perspective of why are we doing what we are doing, why am I blessed? Have you ever sat down and asked yourself, so many people don't work. Why do I have a job and I earn so much every month? Could it be that God needed me in his kingdom to be about his business? Because the Bible says, where we read, Jesus told them that story of 10 miners and his servants so that he could change their perspective. And today I would like for us to change our perspective because that will help us a great deal in what we are doing. If our perspective can change and see ourselves as those who have been called by God in all of these sectors. Many of us think oh, the people who are called are only those who are in the, in, in the ministry. But we are all called by God. The reason why you are Christian, the reason why you are saved, the reason why uh, God calls you his child, it is because here on earth, he wants you to be his representative and he wants you to do his business on his behalf. What a privilege it is. So now when you are called into the business sector, ask yourself, am I a good steward of that which God has called me to do? And may our perspective change and look, at our, and, uh, and look at our income, look at our profits as those who have been given 10 miners to do business until he comes. Not just the business that we are engaged in, but the business that is core, which is the kingdom business. God has an agenda when he blesses you. God has an ulterior motive when he blesses us. It is because he wants the kingdom business to be active. Somebody say amen. Amen. So those who are called into the business sector and when you are saved, you need to understand that God will give you the power. The power of God will come upon you and he will give you the power to make profits, to make wealth. And then be able to perpetuate the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Number three, um, another sector is the public sector. Many of us want to run away from this sector as though it is devilish in some way. But it is not. It is God who established the public sectors so that we can be a blessing into our communities. There are those who are called into this sector. There are people that you know for sure and you can tell that this person is supposed to be working for the government. This person is supposed to be working uh, uh, as a community leader. Why? Because they have the passion for communities. They have a passion for, 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 for society at large, for the public sector. It may not be just your, your, your passion that is burning in the inside of you, but it may be a calling of God that is upon your life for you to be able to go and be a good influence and a good representative of the kingdom of God in this sector. Somebody say amen. Amen. So God wants people to experience Jesus even in the public sector. So if we are all running away from that sector, how are people going to experience Jesus? Because we are sent to different spheres of influence for a reason, but one reason alone. And that reason is so that the gospel of Jesus Christ may be preached. Somebody may say, but Mamfundisi, I don't even know how to preach. By, by the fact that you are living your life as a child of God, you are preaching to somebody. That is why you will find other people at the office asking you, there is something, man, about you. You are always happy. We are always miserable and you are, you are always happy. How come and then that's your chance to say it's because I'm a child of God 
You don't even have to stand up and scream just like me and open verses. But just by living your life where God has placed you, where God has sent you, you are there to represent the kingdom of God. Let our perspective change from today onwards. Whatever that God has called us to do, be it in these different spheres, we must know that we are sent by God there for a mission. We are sent by God so that we can be able to even bring in the harvest that God says is ripe. The harvest that God says is ripe is everywhere. There is a harvest in your office. There is a harvest in your business. There is a harvest in your sector of influence. There is a harvest at school. There is a harvest everywhere where God has placed us. And we need to be those who know that we are ambassadors of the kingdom of our God. When we find ourselves in those sectors, let us not forget and then be swallowed by the system. We need to understand that we are there on a mission because God has called us into these sectors so that he can perpetuate his kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, we need to all identify which sphere or which sector we are called to. Many people have a problem of not knowing where they are called to. But with the outline of these sectors, maybe you can pinpoint and see where do you feature. And God will help you. The best thing to do is to talk to God and ask him, where am I supposed to be? Where have you called me to be? Because sometimes we do things that we like, but those things are not our calling. But God has called us to certain spheres of influence for his personal reasons, and that is to perpetuate his kingdom. Somebody say amen. So that is the best thing that you can ever do for yourself. That is to identify the sphere of influence or the sector where God has called you to. And when God has revealed it to you, be settled there. Don't be too busy with many things. Not you are in this today and you are in that tomorrow. You are called for this today and you are called for that tomorrow. It, there are people that I know that each time when they, when they see that business is not going their way, they then said, I think I'm not called for this. But let me tell you something. No matter what you are called for, it's not going to be an easy ride. Why? Because the enemy does not want to fully let go of that which God wants you to attain in that sector. Somebody say amen. Maybe I may just pause and encourage someone who, who know in their Noah that they are called for this thing called business. They are called into this sector of business. I want you to know that God is coming for you. God is going to rescue you and you are going to be held by his hand and God is going as soon as your perception changes to say that I am here for an, an agenda. I am here for, for a reason. I am here because God has called me and like me I always say I always tell other uh, colleagues of mine when we are talking to say what has helped me many people ask me that you've been in this for almost seven, nine, 19 years uh, how, how, how have you stood and I always tell them it is because of my knowing in my knower that I'm called for it yeah. nothing else if you know you are called for something, whether the results are there quickly or slowly, it does not change your calling. Somebody say amen. So even if you are doing business, the only thing that you need to know is just to know for sure that Jesus has called you for this. And, and, and then you remain and you stand. And if, having done all to stand, you stand until God elevates you, until God takes you to higher heights, until God takes you to places with kings so that you can be able to even come back and be exactly that which God wanted you to be, which is a contributor in his kingdom business. In his kingdom business. So we need to make sure that we know where 
are we called to? Which sector are we called to? And then begin to impact that sector with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Impact it. Don't let it be the one that changes you. But you can change the atmosphere. Somebody say amen. Amen. Why? Because we are anointed for it. We are anointed for this business that we are called to. We are anointed for it. The disciples, those who were learning, were at some point um, constituted as the company of anointed ones. So the, 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 the name Christian means anointed ones. So they were even called those who, who are anointed. How would it be so good and so nice for everyone to know at work that there is something different about you? Why? Because you carry the anointing of God upon your life. You are not doing what you are doing alone. You are not doing what you are doing just for yourself. Change the perception. Change the perspective that you have of your job. Change the perspective of your business. And then the anointing of God will come upon you. Why? Because God has called you. God does not anoint what he has not called. God calls us and then anoints us. He does not anoint you for what he did not call you for. If God did not call you for business, God is not obliged to anoint you for business. If God did not call you for the corporate, he's not obliged to to anoint you for corporate. That is why you will find people who are in the corporate world and they are supposed to be evangelists. They are going to be preaching instead of working. Because the anointing is in your calling. And then someone will be even fired and they will malfunction at work. Why? Because they are not supposed to be there anyway. And as soon as they find themselves in the calling of God, where they have been called to, then they function with ease. Why? It's because of the anointing. The anointing makes things easy. That is why when you look at someone doing something they are anointed for, it looks easy. When you see Messi doing what he is anointed for, it looks easy. But give it to me. Give me that ball. But when Messi sees me preach, he will think it's easy. That is why you will find other people who are busy with many things, thinking even preaching is an easy thing because those who are anointed for it make it look easy that is why you will find many people opening churches like mushrooms everywhere why it is because those who are doing it make it look easy but unless you are anointed for it unless you are called for it don't do it even in business you will finish your 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 family's money all of it, everything, and be depressed while at it. So even, even your marriage can be in shambles because of you trying something you are not called for. So what we are talking about today is a teaching that we need to always remember. Lord, is this where I am supposed to be? That's where your anointing will be. That's where your power will be. Somebody say amen. Amen. So now, the disciples were called Christians. They were called the anointed ones. They were supposed to do business, not in an ordinary way. So as a Christian, you are not supposed to do what you are called to do in an ordinary way. You are not supposed to be just an ordinary employee. You are not supposed to be just an ordinary business person. But you are supposed to do it in an extraordinary way. But Mamfundi says, how do I do it in an extraordinary way? You, you do it in an extraordinary way by engaging the anointing. And engaging the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what will distinguish you between an engineer that is not anointed and an engineer that is anointed. Somebody say amen. So that is what will distinguish you. That is what will separate you from the rest. Why? By the anointing 
of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power. Somebody is asking, what is the anointing? The anointing is the supernatural power. Simply put, it is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So when you go and you are called by God into a certain sphere of influence, God does not just let you go naked as you are. God clothes you with the power of the Holy Spirit and he places an anointing upon your life so that when he sends you in those fears, because God is not ignorant, he understands that even though he sends us to all of these fears of influence, there are those who are going to stand against us. There are those who are going to try and cause us to even doubt the calling of God upon our lives. But God has made provision called the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit, when the power of the Holy Spirit came, they were able to do extraordinary things. The Bible says many were healed, many were transformed, many, uh, many lives were changed. Why? And others got saved because of the power of the Holy Spirit. God even said, uh, Jesus even said to his disciples, wait until you are endowed with power. But many of us want to run before we are endowed with power. Amen. If you want to go into management in your sector of influence, make sure you have waited yeah. until you are endowed with power. Because as a Christian, you don't want to work like ordinary people. Amen. There is this power that is our advantage that we are always ignoring just so that we can even prove a point. There is no need for us to prove a point to God. No need for us to God. God wants to work with people who are weak. But as soon as you are very, very strong in what you are doing, then God is going to step aside and watch you do it. But as soon as you feel like your certificate is not enough without the power of the Holy Spirit, then that's the cue for God to come in. As soon as you feel like you, what, what your scope of work, you cannot be able to execute unless there is power that is from on high that comes upon you to help you. Amen. God is going to step aside. But, to, but today, this morning, our perception is changing. We are realizing that we are stewards. We are realizing that we are people who are called to do the kingdom business. We are realizing that it is not just my skill, but it contributes to an entity. It contributes to a, to a bigger picture. It contributes to a kingdom that is supposed to do business until Jesus comes back. Somebody say amen. So now, that's the power of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Another definition of the anointing is God's ability upon ordinary men and ordinary things. God's power upon ordinary men. God's power upon ordinary teacher. God's power upon ordinary principal. God's power upon ordinary businessman. God's power upon an ordinary engineer. God's power upon an ordinary marketing manager. God's power is the, game, is the game changer. God's power is exactly what will cause you to be distinguished between you and any other man. It is God's power upon ordinary men. Yes, you may say I am ordinary. In fact, there are those who are more edu educated than I am. However, there is something that I carry that they do not have. As much as we are educated the same way or even they are better than I am, but there is something that I carry that they do not have, that they cannot access, and that is my advantage. Somebody say amen. amen. It's an advantage that we have been overlooking for years. That is why we've been sweating and, and having little results. In fact, those who do not even know God are doing better than us. But 
today we are going to change the way we look at ourselves. I want you to go back to your sphere of influence and go there tomorrow morning knowing very well that you are called for this. Knowing very well that God has anointed you for it. That there is a power that has come from up on high and it has landed on your head and you are able to do extraordinary things even though you are an ordinary human being. Somebody say amen. God's power upon ordinary men. That is why from today onwards, you are going to do business unusual. Business unusual. They last saw you on Friday. You were doing work the way everyone does work. But something has come upon you. You came to church. Ah, is somebody here who is looking for something that can come upon them so that they can do business unusual. Not the way anyone else does it, but only the way that those who are endowed with power can be able to do it. There are dimensions that God has placed for us that we have not tapped into right in our spheres of influence. You don't have to change this right to change it. Right there. Right there, there are dimensions that you can reach. And those dimensions can only be opened up. They respond to what is on you. Those dimensions, they respond to what is on you. You will remember in the Bible, there's a scripture that says, lift up your heads, O you gates. Be ye lifted up, you ancient doors. That the king of glory may come in. The way those gates are so stubborn, they ask, who is this king of glory? So when they're in your sphere of influence, do you think they're not going to ask you? Do you think they're not going to ask you? Who are you thinking that you can rise above everything that we have set? As though no one is supposed to rise above this. In fact, sometimes they don't want you to rise to those dimensions just by reason of you being a Christian. Just by reason of you being a Christian. But that power is available for you and I. That power is available for every sphere of influence. Everything there is here on earth was done by our God. It was created by our God. And therefore it does not surprise him. So even your job, even your business, even whatever sphere of influence, God is not surprised. And there are dimensions there that we must reach. There are levels there that we must reach. And I prophesy someone is going to tap into them by reason of the anointing. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus Christ, tap into those. They are going to ask you, who are you thinking that you can rise above even your family members? Thinking that you can rise above even what? Because this is a spiritual thing. There are communications that this one must not rise in this sector. Why? Because there is something that needs to sit on their family. Sometimes you are thinking it's you at work not performing in a good manner. And it's the spirit that is not letting you go because no one is supposed to reach a certain level in your own family. But we have come because God said, I, he is the king of glory the Lord strong and mighty the Lord who is mighty in battle so from today onwards you need to know that whoever whatever spirit or principality that is asking you in your sphere of influence who are you trying to open all of these doors trying to open these gates tell them there is an anointing upon my life there's an anointing I'm called for this I'm called for this. I'm called for this. There is an anointing upon my life. I am a child of God and I am here for kingdom business and the business that I am about is unusual. That is why the enemy is not going to be able to even fold his arms. He's going to go crazy because the business I am engaging in is unusual. Unusual. The business you are engaging in is unusual. It looks common because everyone else does the same thing in your, in, your, in, in, in your department. But it's not common. It's business unusual. It's, I may be at the office. I may be typing. 
but it's business unusual. I may be running a shop, but just like everyone else, but for me, it's business unusual. There is a kingdom that I am representing. There is a kingdom that I have come with, and every authority that has been given to Jesus has also been given to me. That is why I am here to occupy. Here to occupy. You are anointed for it. Say, I am anointed for it. Come on, shout, I am anointed for it. Come on, shout, I am anointed for it. Come on, place your hand on your head and declare, I'm anointed for it. Mention your sphere of influence. Oh, I'm anointed for this. I'm anointed for this. I'm anointed for this. Come on, come on, come on. One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. I'm anointed for this. Shandaya Sandeya Kondeke Zianda. Jeya Kataya Sianda. Jimando Kosepe Deke Shata. Rata Tapasu Kate. Jendeke Zepatora. Ilamandere Shianda Lavasaya. Sheketeke Sikata Lavasha. Meshekete Sianda. Rabababababababababa. Ilabashanda rabasianda rabashaya rekesete brekesianda rabasukataya declare 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 I'm anointed for this business I'm anointed for this public sector I'm anointed for my talent I'm anointed for my gifting Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.